0: Will you read this blessing with me together in one voice? Ready? To all who mourn and long for comfort, to all who feel worthless and wonder if God cares, to all who fail and desire strength, to all who sin and need a savior, this church open wide her doors with a welcome from Jesus Christ, the ally of his enemies, the defender of the guilty, justifier of the inexcusable, and the friend of sinners. Thank you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this time just for the next couple minutes to stop, to uh, pause in our week, and to just worship you. God, we thank you for the words that were sung this morning. Uh, Thank you for the words that were spoken by Krista. God, we just pray over the Scripture today that you would speak to us through it that as we go uh, about our week, that these words would dig deep into our souls and that would remind us of how much You love us, how much we need a Savior, and how much You love those around You. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. You can be seated. I'm not going to make you stand while I read the Scripture, but it's a long one. Uh, we're trying to hammer through the last few chapters of Acts, and I'm trying to do my part. So, um, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 24. The notes are in uh, the UVersion Bible app. If you go to events, it should pop up. Uh, I messed up on the notes, and I just copied the template from May 5th. So, it'll say May 5th. It's not May 5th. Good news. Um, so, forgive me. And if you're in a house church, I think I set it up now so that it'll come up during your house church meetings as well. So uh, you can save them if you want, but they should be there during house church. So let's jump into this passage. (coughs) It says in Acts 24, starting in verse 1. Five days later, Ananias, the high priest, went down to Caesarea. Some elders and a lawyer named Tertullus went with him. They brought their charges against Paul to the governor. So Paul was called in. Tertullus began to, began to bring the charges against Paul. He said to Felix, We have enjoyed a long time of peace while you have been ruling. You are a wise leader. You have made this a better nation. Most excellent Felix, we gladly admit this everywhere and in every way. And we are very thankful. I don't want to bother you, but would you be kind enough to listen to us for a short time? We have found that Paul is a troublemaker. He stirs up trouble among Jews all over the world. He is a leader to those who followed Jesus of Nazareth. He even tried to pollute our temple, so we arrested him. Question him yourself, then you will learn the truth about all these charges we are bringing against him. The Jews said the same thing. They agreed... That the charges were true, the governor motioned for Paul to speak, and Paul said, I know that you have been a judge over this nation for quite a few years, so I'm glad to stand up for myself. About 12 days ago, I went up to Jerusalem to worship. You can easily check on this. Those bringing the charges against me did not find me arguing with anyone at the temple. I wasn't stirring up a crowd in the synagogues or anywhere else in the city. They can't prove to you any of the charges they are making against me. It is true that I worship the God of our people. I am a follower of the way of Jesus. Those bringing charges against me call it a cult. I believe everything that agrees with the law. I believe everything written in the prophets. I have the same hope in God as these men, yet I believe that they both Sorry, I believe that both the godly and the ungodly will rise from the dead. So I always try not to do anything wrong in the eyes of God and man. I was away for several years. Then I came to Jerusalem to bring my people gifts for those who were poor. I also came to offer sacrifices. They found me doing this in the temple courtyard. I had already been made pure and clean in the usual way. And there was no crowds with me. I didn't stir up any trouble, but there are some other Jews who should be here in front of you. They're from Asia Minor. They should bring charges if they have anything against me. Let the Jews who are here tell you what, I, what crime I'm guilty of. After all, I was put on trial by the Sanhedrin. Perhaps they blame me for what I said when I was on trial. I shouted. I believe that people will rise from the dead. That is why I am on trial here today. Felix knew about the way of Jesus, so he put off the trial for the time being. Lysias, the commanding officer, will come, he said. Then I will decide your case. He ordered the commander to keep Paul under guard. He told him to to give Paul some freedom. He also told him to allow Paul's friends to take care of his needs. Several days later, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, She was a Jew. Felix sent for Paul and listened to him speak about faith in Christ Jesus. Paul talked about how to live right. He talked about how people should control themselves. He also talked about the time when God will judge everyone. Then Felix became afraid. That's enough for now, he said. You may leave. When I find the time, I will send for you. He was hoping that Paul would offer him some money to let him go. So he often sent for Paul and talked with him. Two years passed. Porcius Festus took over the place of Felix, but Felix wanted to do the Jews a favor, so he left Paul in prison. Whew. That's a long story. There's um, a lot of interesting history in this that I, that's worth sharing. The lawyer, uh, Tertullus, is extra cautious bordering on blatant flattery when speaking to Felix. So Felix had created peace uh, throughout his region, but he didn't do this through um, being a good diplomat. He did this through extreme violence. Felix was a slave who was freed, and through the help of his brother, he progressed through the ranks to become To become a governor of this region. And because of his history as a slave, he lacks tact. What he lacks in tact, he makes up for in cruelty. As a matter of fact, Emperor Nero, who is famous for persecuting and killing Christians, who famously placed Christians on poles and lit them on fire to light up his parties, thought that Felix was too violent and too over the top and ordered him to be killed and he was only saved because of his brother. So when Nero says, you're too violent, that's a bad sign. So Drusilla of Judea is Felix's second wife and she was the daughter of Herod Agrippa and you want to remember that name Agrippa because that name's going to play a role next week in Acts 25. And Drusilla divorced the king of Emesa to marry Felix. And Felix and Drusilla had a couple kids, and they had a son named Marcus uh, Agrippa, who died with Drusilla in Pompeii when Mount Vesuvius erupted. It's kind of interesting, I think. So there's a little history So the lawyer, Tertullus, lays out a case against Paul, but his entire case is an attempt to use lies to make Paul look guilty. Paul did not commit any crimes, as he says, but Tertullus tries to spin this in a way that makes him look guilty in order to sway Felix into handing him over to the Jews so that the Jews might take care of the problem themselves and if Christ is any indication, they take care of their problems in a very cruel fashion as well. So, Paul lays out a case in defense, and he makes a very compelling case, resulting in Felix being persuaded by Paul that what he says is true, but rather than ruling on the case, Felix wants to wait until the commander arrives, and he leaves Paul in prison for two years. So... I guess Mueller isn't the only special counsel that can't come to a decision. Ha ha ha. When I read this chapter, it's just an interesting kind of story about Paul and the situation that Paul finds him in. And when I read this chapter in this portion of Acts, I get the sense that Paul is in a situation where he has to start reevaluating his life. He has to start thinking about what a different future might look like. How he may transition from where he is now into his next uh, phase of ministry and life. And things are looking more and more difficult for Paul. It doesn't seem like the Pharisees are going to let up. It seems like they're on a rampage and they're not going to stop until they get the result that they want. And they're more determined than ever to stop Paul by whatever means necessary. And as clear and compelling as Paul's arguments are, they may not win the battle. Paul may not get out of this. So in that reality, what's next for Paul? Paul makes a great argument, but it's not going to be enough to make a difference at this point. So a couple years ago, I heard this phrase, and it kind of stuck with me. I don't know if you ever have those times where you hear somebody say something, and you're like, I need to remember that. I heard this phrase that, and it goes like this. You have to take reality on reality's terms. You have to take reality on reality's terms. terms. Meaning the situation that you're currently in is your reality. Your reality is your reality. But we oftentimes sit around and we say, Well, if I had a million dollars, I could be happy. If I had a spouse that would just do X, Y, and Z, I'd have a great marriage. If I had a new house, I'd feel a lot better about myself. If I had a new car, maybe I'd feel like I was important. By the way, none of this applies to me. Just for clarification. And probably not you guys, but everybody out there, this applies to But sometimes we go to a deeper and a darker place with these things. We say things like, if my loved one was still here, I could believe that God loves me. If God was a good God, why would he have allowed fill in the blank to happen to me? We create this world of ifs while we ignore the truth. We don't take reality on reality's terms. Do you take reality on reality's terms or do you default to wishful thinking? And sometimes this is a process, but once you're open to accepting the ideas that there are some things that you just can't change with, with, with wishful thinking, Maybe God can use your situation to create you into the person He wants you to be. And maybe through that situation, that reality that you find yourself in, God might use that so that you could influence other people. Paul's situation is that he's a prisoner and he may not be making it out for some time. Felix leaves Paul as a prisoner for two years. But Paul uses that time to share Christ's love with Drusilla and with Felix, and I'm sure with other people. He uses his influence, his friends, and his relationship with God, his situation, doesn't get in the way of him fulfilling his mission. He takes reality on reality's terms. Paul doesn't wish for a different reality but he embraces the situation that he's in in an effort to share Christ's love with those that are around him. As relentless as the Pharisees are towards Paul, Paul perseveres. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 10, or sorry, Galatians 1:10, which this is like one of my favorite verses, it says, "Am I trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying just to please people? If I was still trying to please people, I would not be a slave of Christ." We have to make a choice. Are we gonna focus our lives on wishful thinking, trying to please those around us, and sometimes trying to please ourselves, wishing that our situation was different, or are we gonna embrace the situation that God has put us in, and trust that He has a purpose for us? Are we gonna be servants and slaves of Christ so that we can be who God wants us to be? Being a follower of Christ means trusting in God and serving him, believing that he has the best for us, even when everything else is going to heck in a handbasket. We don't know where the road is leading, but we have to trust that God knows where it's leading. And we can't be so concerned with our own lives, pleasing those around us, including ourselves, that we stop serving Christ. I was thinking about this talk this week, and this story, this person, about this the story about this amazing person came to mind. Um, it's a person that, if you're of a certain age, you may have heard of. If you're younger, probably than me, I'm not going to say how old I am, but use your imagination. You may have come across this person uh, if you're old enough. If not, you're going to learn about a very amazing woman. So check out this short video real quick.
1: The most spirit-filled person I know on this earth is Johnny Erickson Tata. She, I have never met anyone so spirit-filled in my life. I just saw her two weeks ago and just, man, it's just the moment I see that woman, I just light up. I can't help it. For those who don't know her story, she's been in a wheelchair, I believe, for 50 years now. 50 years as a paraplegic, a diving accident when she was like 15 years old. And yet, you can't spend 60 seconds with this woman without praise coming out of her mouth. Usually if you're there for five minutes, she'll literally sing out loud. She can't contain it. She talks about, you know, what it's like 50 years of someone having to pick you up out of bed, clean you up, shower you, move you into your chair so that you can just maneuver it with your mouth a little bit, maneuver it with your finger a little bit. And yet, there's no, like, poor me. It's just, God is so good. God is so great. Just praising God. And I just say, Johnny, I go... You inspire me more than anyone, literally. I, I, I'm not exaggerating, whatever you just. And she goes, Well, she goes, Francis, sometimes I just feel like I don't have a choice. She goes, I was on that hospital bed just trying to end it, but I couldn't reach for a switch, couldn't reach for a knife. You know what that's like? I have two choices to sink and spiral into this misery and try to find a way to kill myself or. I've got to praise him non-stop.
2: I don't work as big anymore. This is probably my last big thing that I'll do. I'll probably work very small now, just you know, five by seven, just small vignettes. Inspiration is just landscapes. I love, uh, I miss the east, I'm from Maryland, so. You know, I miss snow, I miss, so I do a lot of um, winter scenes, I really do. I love to sing, I love my artwork, and all these things are modes of expression. I mean, God has given us all gifts and talents, and we're to use them, we're to exercise them. But I think especially art and music are ways to mm, express. It's an overflow. It's, uh, my cup runneth over. When I sing, it's, a, it's an overflow, uh, as is my artwork. Um, an expression of, of things that are uniquely me, very personal, something nobody else can do. My goodness, I paint with my mouth. Hello? (laughs) I mean, even my dentist thinks that's quite remarkable. But to do something that's so private and personal and put it out there, not only for the encouragement of others, but for God's glory, um, that gives me such a sense of satisfaction.
0: I hate those stories. (laughs) I don't have any excuses now. At some point in our lives, we're going to be faced with hardships, pressures, questions, disappointments. So what do we do with those? Do we trust God to come through? Or do we wish things would be different? It's probably the case that you've gone through something difficult in your life. Maybe the case that you're going through something difficult right now. But I want you to know that God hasn't turned his back on you. He loves you more than you know. Your situation does not define who you are, but your response to your situation may. Paul wasn't a prisoner because he was in prison. His freedom came through Jesus Christ, not through Felix. Felix couldn't stop Paul. Paul knew what his mission was. He didn't sit around wishing for a different situation. He embraced his situation. He took reality on reality's terms. And you don't have to settle for being a prisoner to your situation either. Father God, I just thank you that you sent your son Jesus to offer us freedom, a salvation where we could have a new life, that no amount of wishful thinking could replace what Christ did for us on the cross. God, I just pray that no matter what situation we find ourselves in, even now, that we would be inspired by Paul, that we would be inspired by Johnny Erickson Tata. People who look at their reality and embrace it and allow you to penetrate that reality and change their lives and change the lives of people around us. God, help us not to wallow in our misery, but help us to move into the reality that You have for us. God, the truth is that we are in need of a Savior and You offer us a Savior, that we have an opportunity for a new life. So God, I just pray that we would embrace that, even today. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.